0: Are a children are a heritage from the Children are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a heritage from the Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. from the Lord. children are a heritage from the Lord.
1: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Abolish Abortion Missouri podcast, where we believe children are a heritage from the Lord, and we are working toward the immediate and total abolition of abortion in Missouri. I'm your host, Brandon, and this is uh, episode 17 I believe. I uh, Episode 17 and uh, we are so excited to continue to be able to have the opportunity to to get together with various people and talk about uh, the most, one, at least one of in many ways and, and, and in some ways the most important uh, topic and political issue and sin issue in our country and it's Uh, It's abortion. And so we continually strive and fight against it in varying ways. And uh, especially, especially right now, while we have uh, Missouri's uh, legislature in session. So we're going to continue just right here on the top. We're going to continue to be updating about uh, what's going on. And uh, hopefully even next week, we'll have uh, an episode dedicated to the update because things are moving quick. And we're very thankful for that. Today though, today we are joined again by Joshua Jenkins and Kevin Myers. So guys, thank you always for for coming and talking with us here.
0: It's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, glad to uh, have another conversation with you guys.
1: Yeah, Amen. me too. Me too. And uh we're going to be talking about something that's that's pretty important uh not for all of the action that we can tell people to take, but because uh, as we go and as we talk to people, especially uh, during the legislative session, as we're talking to our lawmakers and begging them to outlaw uh, abortion completely and give equal protection to our preborn neighbors, one thing that we hear over and over and over again is... It's fine that if you believe in, you know, abortion or whatever, but you can't impose your beliefs on me uh, or on the legislator. You can't legislate morality. You can't, you know, that, you know, Christian beliefs are fine up until we try to shove them down somebody else's throat by making them public policy. Um, I'm going to guess that you guys have both experienced that kind of rhetoric uh, before in your lives. Am Am I right about that?
2: You would be correct on my end.
1: Yeah, and yep, what were you saying, yeah, you um, say Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. It's definitely one of the things you hear is people uh, they don't want uh, Christian morality is really the problem that it is. People don't want Christian morality to be quote unquote forced upon them. So there's a lot of category errors within that, but certainly something you hear a lot.
1: So what I wanted to do then is just kind of kind of ask you guys to riff and maybe give all of us some, some language for how to deal with that. Uh, you know, you can't legislate morality or at least, yeah, like you said, you can't legislate, you know, your morality, this Christian morality. What, how do we address that? Why is it, uh, you know, w- what we would say and, and probably the title of this uh, episode is all law is religious. Right? all law is religious uh so we are necessarily um uh making a, a religious statement of some kind a worldview statement of some kind when we make a law and so then it's just it's whose morality right so so what are some things that have worked well for you guys uh when you seek to address those things because uh it seems like there's a, a, some cognitive dissonance there that it's like well you can't you can't give me your morality but We want laws that defend against murder for somebody. And so who gets to determine that morality? And it seems like there's, I mean, Kevin, you even mentioned uh, how absurd it will be um, at times, how how, uh, just hypocritical and absurd people will be when they start down this sacred, secular, got to keep them separate type distinctions when it comes to lawmaking. So what are some things that have worked for you guys, or if we even need to back up to why Why do you think that that kind of thinking is so pervasive? Uh, what would you guys say?
0: Well, I would say that um, it's the legislating immorality is inescapable because what a law is doing is saying this is right, this is wrong. you cannot do this with threat of punishment or you may do this freely and so it is a moral statement to say at the basic level that I think most people would still agree with that, you know, murder is, is morally wrong. Rape is morally wrong. And that's, um, uh, so people would agree with that. And so, and yet they still want murder to be outlawed, outlawed. even if they don't believe in the death penalty or something, they still believe it's a crime. Um, because they know that it's morally wrong to kill somebody or to rape somebody. And so you kind of hinted at it there when you're setting it up, but it's not a matter of whether we will, whether or not we will legislate morality, but it's a matter of whose morality is legislated and um, what jurisdictions that morality covers. Because, you know, as a Christian, And uh, obviously I would say that the morality that should be legislated should be Christian morality, God's standards for righteous government and civil, the civil sphere. Um, But there's a lot of, that doesn't mean I want to legislate all of Christian morality. Um, I want to legislate the things that belong to the civil sphere of Christian morality. So I don't want to come in and legislate the, the thoughts you think or the covetousness of your heart um but we want to uh, the standard for our civil legislative morality has to be god
1: absolutely absolutely kevin when you've been um when you've been out on the streets and, and you're advocating uh, you know in front of Planned Parenthood or something like that, you're advocating for abolition as people are listening to you and you're preaching against it. Uh, that's not necessarily dealing specifically with lawmaking, but I'm going to guess that that's one of the things that come up comes up uh, is that is that the case?
2: Yes, I I would say that I have seen it out uh, at the at abortion mills. I don't. I don't see it as often in that way. I see people saying you're pushing, you know, your beliefs on me and and I am able to share with them. Actually, it's not really my opinion that I am put that I am putting out there. I'm simply declaring what the God of heaven the true and living God the one who has given you breath unto this moment the one who is king of kings and lord of lords what he has to say because he has all authority and he says do no murder and so I always just bring it right to what is what does God say because he is the one who is in charge and he is the one who has instituted uh, government as well to punish the guilty and to protect the innocent so it's not it is not a me pushing something in there and someone says well you just you just are following a a religion that you like and I have told people actually this is not a religion that I would make up if I was going to make up a religion I would make up something that would be okay with my sin but this is the true true faith this is God the very God who made us who has declared himself made himself known in his word and in his son and we bow the knee to him and he knows what is right he is the one who created life he is the one who t- tells what is good government and he has said in Jeremiah 22:3, to execute judgment and righteousness and deliver the spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor and do no wrong. Do no violence to the stranger, the fatherless, nor the widow. Neither shed innocent blood in this place. And yet in this place at the abortion mills, innocent blood is shed and violence is done to the most vulnerable. And also in the, in the state houses, in the chambers where the magistrates convene. Those legislators need to consider that they are going to answer to God for how they lead the laws that they put forward, that they themselves are saying, I need to make sure that I am executing judgment and righteousness. I need to be seeking to deliver the spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor. I need to do no wrong. I need to not allow violence to be done to the vulnerable, nor the innocent blood to be shed. Those are things that God has commanded to government leaders to say you are not to judge unrighteously and we judge what is moral and what is just by what does God say by his his attributes and his word that is how we have a standard for what is right if we're going to just go by anybody's morals anybody's um, feelings or their, or their preferences, then there is no standard because the world ha- is going to be very, very fickle, very um, varying in, in what they mm-hmm. do. Everybody's saying, well, this is for my, this is how I feel. And it's not a, a righteous, un- immovable standard that's impartial. And so it's, n- for me, it's like, well, what we have to go is we have to go to Scripture, see what God says, and and then follow Him because that is what is just.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I uh, one of the things that I, I've had happen when I've had conversations with people where this is a, a line they use. You know, you, you can't bring Christianity into uh, the the public arena; needs <clears> to <throat> stay private. Uh, you can't legislate your you know, morality, and 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 that can't be the standard. Is sometimes things that people will say. So I, you know, of course, I the the right question to ask is, then then whose standard or what standard should we use? I right. don't ev- I don't ever get a good answer. Um, I, I usually get non answers when I say something like that. You know, it, it, well, well, not yours, Brandon is is uh, literally what um, I was told once. Um, wow. Well. But, uh, uh, it's like anything, anything but that. It was kind of the impression they gave. So, you know, one of my questions is I, we we know that, that like when I ask where does this thinking come from? Well, clearly, it's rebellion against God and hatred of his word and his standard. and uh, but do you guys have any thoughts on on why? This thinking is so pervasive in our culture, uh, ways that maybe even we sometimes, you know, even even good good Christians, you know, uh, a fish doesn't know he's wet type thing. Um, ways that we can even guard ourselves against whatever happens that that gets us to this pluralizing, uh, really squishy morality uh, kind of situation that we find ourselves in because it's really prevalent. It's really, really prevalent. I mean, we are absolutely going to hear things like this um, in this legislative session. So where does that come from and and what could we maybe do to make sure we guard against it?
0: Well, I think there's a number of, I mean, there's a number of historical factors I'm sure you could point to that a more able historian could do than me that could show how we've gotten to this point, but a few of the issues, I think at present, that are why we think this way a lot is because um, for many different reasons, we've kind of bought into the myth of neutrality and sort of this idea that we have a common ground with, with unbelievers that that is like the sacred thing that we can't cross over onto with our Christianity and so we have to fight against and get rid of the myth of neutrality, especially obviously, as we're talking about when it comes to the public square, our laws and those things, because you know, if, if Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. So there is yes. no, there is no neutral laws. Okay. They're either godly, righteous laws or they're ungodly laws or uh, pagan laws or whatever it may be. So, That comes, I think, with really taking what Jesus said for, for example, in the Great Commission, that all authority, not just in heaven, but in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Yes. And so taking that and actually believing it so that we will apply all the things Jesus taught us to obey in every area of life, including um, publicly, publicly. in the, in the square on the streets and in the legislature. So that's just something I'd point to as a present reality that we're struggling with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that, that is, I mean, you just made the case right there. That is why uh, all law is necessarily religious because it's either uh, in submission to and acceptable to God or it's unacceptable to him and if it's unacceptable to him, then it's just in the service of somebody else that you've put on the throne, uh, where when it ought to be, uh, when it ought to be God. So yeah, I think I think you hit that right on the head, uh, Kevin. W- w- is there anything?
2: The sad thing is that when I hear that argument, that thinking, I would have to say that though I've heard it from pagans, I've heard it from people who are at abortion mills where I've heard it most from are Christians. Mm. I've heard it most from people who, who say, well, you know, I would agree that, that, that abortion is wrong. I agree that, that, uh, that, you know, it should, not, it should not exist, but we really can't legislate morality. We really can't, really can't do that by the law. And it's, it's like these Christians are, are beguiled, into thinking, oh we can't we cannot just bring the truth into into the into the picture because they have been trained and, and there are just so many ways that that believers have just been ingrained in thinking that idea of neutrality that Jesus doesn't want us to enter into uh, the the open forum of the public or the government to declare what he says, and so we we have to take our brothers and sisters and say, "What about the people that God had do just that in the scriptures? What about the you know you know John the Baptist rebuking rebuking the uh, the Herod?" And Moses approaching no, Pharaoh and the uh, you know the prophets coming before kings and saying, "This is what God says and then the instructions in the Psalms in Psalm 82 and Psalm 94 and saying, "This is not agreeable to God for you to frame mischief by a law, for you to um, be a throne of iniquity." And so just to bring out to Christians, to say, you know, actually, God has a lot to say about laws, about about just laws, about iniquitous laws, and we have to go by what he says, not by our own sensibilities that we have gotten over the years, whether it's through public education or whether it's just through the indoctrination of the culture, that we need to actually get grounded in the scripture and understand that it's what god says that really is the rock and if we do not stand on the rock we are in the sand and it's and it's sinking and so so that's that's something that i have just found that's that by and large the people who say that to me are people who really think that's a good argument as christians for not getting involved for not pushing this kind of law and yet they would they they would say it when i when i have brought up and said what about um so you're saying what we should do is we should decriminalize stealing we should decriminalize uh perjury because after all that's just god's you know moral law we shouldn't be pushing that on non-believers they would be very quick to say oh no i'm not saying that but we show the inconsistency of of what we're actually willing to speak for. I am willing to say you should not steal. But I'm not going to say that you should not steal the life of your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Because sadly sometimes we have we come to the point where we can dehumanize the preborn ourselves. Yeah. Because if it was our own lives we would definitely be saying no no we've got to, we've got to stop this. We've got to criminalize this act but if we, if if the, if if the victims are hid from our eyes if if we can just come to the point of being desensitized and i believe that's what a lot of the pro life uh, language and legislation has led to yes then those things can become acceptable we have to say well we can only do little bits we can only regulate this like as healthcare instead of actually treat it like the homicide it is
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's so good. And, and, you know, if I, definitely the, the, the objection that this particular objection we're talking about, you know, that uh, not seeing that all law is religious, basically um, uh, the, the scenarios I think of where I've caught myself in a situation like that definitely have been many times professing Christians. I, uh, Kevin, I don't know if you even know this, maybe you do. And, and, uh, uh, I served at a, a church uh, for a while. I, I served at two churches for uh, a little while, um, about three years, um, and so I'm still a pastor uh, with with Joshua here. Um, but then, on top of that, served at another church uh, as well. Okay. I guess I guess for our listeners, it was because we uh, we had one church that met in the morning, one church that met in the afternoon, and and they were about forty five minutes apart. But. Uh, I got I got uh fired from that church and one of the chief causes one of the chief reasons listed for me getting fired from that church uh, was just that I took the stance uh, uh, of abolition uh, for abortion agree yeah and uh, it was uh, it was very very sad and and even shocking to me to find out how many people in that church were as upset as what I found out they they were. They never told me personally, Uh, but it was, it was shocking to me. And I I had had one conversation with one member of that church and this was his exact language. I'm, I'm against it. I don't believe in abortion. I would counsel anybody to not get an abortion, but I don't think that we can take uh, our opinions and our our theology and uh, put it into the public square it was shocking to me. That conversation was shocking to me. Yes. But then, of course, the way that that I realized that that thinking was much more pervasive in this in this church than what I thought at the time, and it gives me some concern that maybe it's a lot more pervasive, like you said, just everywhere in in professing Christianity, professing you know, churchianity or whatever. Have right. you guys have you guys ever um, had one of those conversations go well? <laughs> I
2: I've had I've felt that as I've had conversations that there have been seeds sown. I've had I've had mouths stopped at the moment, and then later on, um, heard that that person started actually getting more involved and and repeating what uh, what was said, but it's not. I, that hasn't been the the standard response.
1: Yeah. Yeah, My, my, you know, that I, I don't think I've ever had anybody uh, come around, you know, (laughs) if, if they've been kind of that far gone. I also, what would you guys say for how, like, like, let's say I'm thinking of a few people that I know and they're abolitionists and they're in churches that don't take an abolitionist stance. Um, I don't, and at least in some of those cases, it is because, you know, the church can't get political. We can't uh, get involved in these things. Um, What would you you say to, to those people who are maybe not the pastors of the churches, although I do am thankful to hear of more and more pastors becoming abolitionists, but what would you say to a church member who, yeah, his pastor's not an abolitionist, his church is not like that. Uh, what would you say um, for how to help s- steer that? Just like we've talked about, and Kevin, you've laid out some really, really good advice for how to talk to somebody who is making these kinds of arguments, but what happens when they go to church with you? What do you, what do, you do then? Well,
0: I would suggest, obviously, to um, have those conversations with the pastor, and um, do it in a spirit of humility and uh, grace and yet not wavering from the truth and be in it. I would say, you know, be in it for the long haul conversation, depending on, you know, how far gone this, you know, pastor. Is he just new and hasn't heard arguments? Is he ignorant or is there a heart against it or something like that? Um, if he's not, you know, hardened in rebellion, then he's your pastor and your brother. So continue to talk and seek to disciple him on the issue and give him resources and pray and um, just go about it. If he's a Christian, go about it with hopefulness that he will be discipled into the truth. And once he's Received it will change and reform his life to it. That is, generally speaking, what Christians will do when they're confronted with truth and forth it. Um, they'll either rebel, but true Christians will typically be receptive to the truth over the long uh, haul of things.
1: Right, right. Yeah, Ke- Kevin, have you ever had to counsel somebody who's in kind of that situation?
2: I have and it, in various ways, not always the idea of you can't legislate morality. Uh, but in those in those situations, I have I've had to work through with, with someone and 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 you'll find well at what level are we are we talking about? Um, because at, at some point then my counsel would be if, if, if it's at a certain level in the in the church, that there may be a there is there is a point to to seek uh, to leadership elsewhere where they where they are um, going to be biblical in, in this area. Uh, that that depends on on exactly what is the stance of the leadership. The uh, if if I'm talking if if I'm talking with a, a pastor who doesn't want to do abolition because you can't legislate morality, and yet they are encouraging their church to um, to follow pro the pro life uh, voting record, then I then that's something I would say. Is there any consistency there? There's a lot of the people who are who are who are saying, "Oh, we can't do abolition because we can't do," you can't push um, that kind of uh, worldview on others. Many of them are voting pro-life. Many of them are uh, supporting bills to uh, to regulate murder. Right. Right. So I I would just say, so can you tell me why you're doing this? What what is What is the? Is it because this is this has just become the accepted way to push morality, and then what what is what is the effect of these bills? Are these bills in line with what God says? And so, just try to gently and um, clearly say, "Are are you really weighing this out?" Or are you just pushing back because it's not the comfortable thing, because it's not what you've always done to uh, to actually call for justice and plead for truth when what we've been used to is vanity and partiality? Yeah. Hey, this will make us feel better about, about the situation. So we'll push this kind of law that really doesn't do what we think we're doing but it sounds like victory. And so that, that would that would be something that I, I would say it would be good to bring out and say consider your ways. As, as a brother, I desire not only that I would not be opposing evil in a way that God calls evil, but that my brothers and sisters are are opposing it in a righteous way as well. Uh, so I've prayed with with uh, with brothers and, that are they're facing situations and then just seeking God's wisdom and how to to deal with that. It is not an easy it is not an easy situation. Yeah,
1: no, for sure. And I do I do think that you're right. That both of you are right. That you know you find yourself in a situation like that um, where, where that's the kinds of arguments that you're hearing and and yeah graciously lovingly maybe pointing out inconsistency and things like that i i also think that uh and and you guys press back if 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 uh i'm i'm being too harsh but i definitely think that that it is an issue that could be worthy of of saying i got to find a different group of believers to to worship with if it's if it's real bad you know uh hypocrisy and um you know just again the, the kind of extreme uh, uh absurd cognitive dissonance that that you see at times i i, I think that um if that's what you're f- facing and and, and they're going to be ostracizing you or or maybe even encouraging you to stop fighting uh, abortion because um, of of your your stances and things um that could be a time where it's like i i need to go find Uh, a different place to to worship. You know, you want to be able to be in unity on these things. So maybe, maybe that's a little harsh. I, I, you know, if I was counseling somebody, I'd say, stay, 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 stay. Uh, But I think there probably does come a time where it's like, maybe you got to get out of there.
0: Yeah. I would agree with you that there certainly is a point where that issue does become worth separating over. And I would just say again, just to reiterate, um, Uh, while there is that point the point has to be after you have talked with the leadership about it or whoever absolutely and and fully presented a and and done your best to persuade with the case and then once you've done all you can do then that's where the decision is made so
1: yeah 100 percent
2: from Uh, testimonies of uh, some dear brothers and sisters we find that sometimes it's not so much that that um, that we choose to that the that the abolitionist, the the Christian who wants to just be faithful to, to God's law and to all of these ways would would go away themselves but but Sometimes it is the, the others will separate from from the, the believer yeah. that they'll be asked. You know, we, listen, we just ask that you, that you leave, that you don't, that you do not us. However much the, the you know, the abolitionist is, is speaking the truth in love and it, it's seeking to be long-suffering and share the truth. It's, it is... Uh, you know, Paul said, "I'm willing to spend and be spent, even if the more I love, the less I be loved." And sometimes that happens. When we are loving our our brothers and sisters enough to to bring things up and to expose erroneous thinking. That 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 will be the response, and and we won't. It won't be our choice to to leave. Uh, maybe similar to to your situation.
1: Yeah, no, that right? was, is, yeah, it was really very much. We
2: really don't want
1: you. so Yeah, and that then, was very much what it was.
2: Then we, uh, you know, end up having the, uh, that, the outlet to, to pray for them. Yes. To ask God to open their eyes uh, in his time and to bring them to an understanding. of repentance.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and the, re- the reason why I, you know, this, this might have felt like a bunny trail from what we started on, but I really don't think it is because uh, like you said, Kevin, one place where we're gonna have uh, you know <clears throat> unless you just happen to be at a church where everybody is an abolitionist, which is just not the case for very many people, uh, we're gonna have many of our listeners who are thinking, yeah i've I've dealt with that, I've heard that and and like you, Kevin, they're gonna say, and i've I've heard that from. Uh, other brother, other people who claim to be my brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, and so yeah, I think if we, if the if the Great Commission is the command to disciple nations, and God does not intend for us to leave out the leaders of those nations, then we have to insert a morality, and it, and it must be God's morality, uh, into the public square, and yet, like you said, there's been so much pushback from believers and so yeah the things that you guys have talked about how it comes about uh, you know joshua reminding us there is no neutrality you're for him or against him uh you know kiss the sun or else perish in the way and that those are the options and, and that is true of that is true of believers when they go to the ballot box. That's true of uh, believers when they uh, seek to vote in or vote out one of our legislators. And so we really we need more people who are, are really solid on how to handle this this objection. You know, we, we've we done some episodes in the past on this show about answering different objections to abortion but this one is uh kind of in a category of its own because on the one hand yeah it's it's inconsistent just so terribly terribly inconsistent Uh, and on the other hand it's pervasive so I, i really appreciate the things that you guys have said um anything else anything else that you guys would add before we kind of close up shop here think i'm good i'm gonna take that as a no all right all right well thank you guys again uh for getting on here with me and laying these things out Uh, my desire for this podcast and i I know everybody who's contributed it's their desire is that this would just be a resource and a tool where we can be like you're talking to somebody and you can say you know what There's a 30-minute or 40-minute episode of a podcast where we address just that, and we can point people back to it, and and that would be a a resource for the abolishment of abortion. Because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Well, folks, this has been the Abolish Abortion Missouri podcast, where we believe children are a heritage from the Lord, and we are working toward the immediate and total abolition of abortion here in Missouri and indeed everywhere that we can. We want to disciple anyone and everyone to be consistent in their thinking and to be logical in their thinking. And the only way you can do that is if you're a Christian because God is the God of logic and order. And so you have to have him to have your mind ordered rightly. I hope that uh, this episode and, and everyone is a benefit to you. The reason why we encourage you to like and subscribe, but more important than that, share, is because that's what we care about. We want, uh, we want you to share this, the, this podcast with people who are, are struggling, with people who don't have uh, a robust or well thought out political theory, um, and yet uh, want to have an opinion <laughs> when you do. Uh, we wanna help people with things like that. And uh, so, so share it with them. Of course, you can always uh, contact, reach out and contact uh, us via our website. Go to our contact form on our website, uh, abolishabortionmo.org. I encourage you, if you have not, to sign up for our newsletter, especially right now, as, as many more newsletters are going to be sent out with varying updates on the current political landscape for abolition uh, in Missouri. We've got some exciting news. We hope to be releasing some of that next week. We've got some exciting things that are going on. And, uh, and, and just we ask for your continued prayers in all of that. So with that, we thank you once again for listening. And as always, abortion must be abolished.